Y'all turn to Psalms chapter number uh, 95. Psalms chapter number 95. We're going to uh, be in out uh, here and there a little bit, maybe scattered around. And, uh, you know, I've heard, heard him say before, it's okay if it's a little scattered. So is a shotgun that does a pretty good job. So if we get around here and there, I guess that'll be okay. Psalms chapter number 95, verses 1 through 6. Please read with me. The Bible says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for uh, these people that's made an effort to be out here today uh, to hear your word preached, Father. Lord, I, I request of you this morning that you would remove me and that, uh, that I would speak only the words that you would have me to speak, Father. Lord, I pray that the hearts and minds of these people would be prepared, that they would be tendered, uh, that they would be able to receive your word and that it would give them spiritual gain, Father. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, again for your help and assistance this morning. In Christ's name. Amen. All right, Psalms chapter number 95. Let's read again over, uh, over that uh, second verse. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Let me start off by saying this morning um, that I am thankful to be serving the Lord God Almighty. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was saved when I was 13 years old. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Middle Tennessee with my grandparents. Uh, my parents had both passed away when I was younger, and they raised me in a small Baptist church. Uh, and when I was 13 years old, on a Monday uh, afternoon, the Holy Spirit convicted me. That evening I prayed. I asked the Lord to save me, and he saved me uh, forever, eternally. I've been saved ever since. Uh, as I've grown up and as I've gotten older, I've found that there's no life worth living unless it's living for the Lord Jesus Christ. I've seen what it's like to live out in the world. I've seen what it's like to give my life into sin. I, I've seen uh, both out of my own experience, out of friends' experiences, out of acquaintance, uh, acquaintances' experience, what it's like. Uh, for people to uh, follow the world as opposed to following the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me say this morning, I'm thankful that I have a Savior that loves me enough, that died for me, that was willing to love me, uh, to provide for me, and to lead me in my life. So I want to preach on this thought for just a few moments this morning, uh, having a heart of thanksgiving. I know that this time of year, uh, Thursday's Thanksgiving, everybody's getting excited about the turkey and the ham and the mashed potatoes, and uh, I'm sure we could go on and on about that. People's lives will get even more excited about that this morning. Uh, but people get excited about Thanksgiving, and that's a wonderful thing. But I think oftentimes, and, and maybe not you but myself, uh, I get my focus off of uh, what it should be, what the Lord has done for me, and I get more focused on maybe my own gain or what I think that uh, I have gained out of my own uh, hard work or experience. But let me say this morning, uh, the Lord has given us so much to be thankful for. The Lord has provided so much for us. And I want to go over three things this morning of which we should be thankful for. Like I said, we'll switch around here and there, and we're going to refer to some different uh, people in the Old Testament some. But the first one I want to talk about is the provision. We ought to be thankful for the provision that God has given us. God has provided us with so many things in our lives. Uh, I think that we would all agree that none of us deserve anything. Is that right? Uh, I woke up this morning uh, to a little 13-month-old boy slamming his head right into my nose. Uh, 
But I, you know what? I'm thankful for my son. Uh, the, the, our floors are, are, uh, are wood. They're cold in the morning, especially this time of year. But I'm thankful to have a house. The Lord, he's provided so much. And I want us to look, turn over into 1 Kings, if you would. I want us to look at somebody here that the Lord provided for by the name of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter number 17. Now, I'm going to read a few verses here, and I want you to follow along with me. In 1 Kings chapter number 17, starting with verse number 1, the Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, and get thee to Zarephath, and which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there, which I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, as the, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, unto her Fear not, go and do as thou hast Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. In verse 15, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. We need to be thankful of the personal provision that God has provided us. Uh, God has given each and every one of us, uh, each, each and every person that's here is able to take in a breath. It may not be a deep breath. It may not be a good breath. Your heart's able to beat. It may beat stronger. It may beat weak. But we're all here this morning, are we not? We were all able to walk into the house of the Lord this morning, all able to open the Word of God, all able to, be, to either uh, read along or listen to if we couldn't see well enough. We have reason to uh, personally be thankful. If you look at verse number 3, uh, the Lord said to Elijah, he told him to get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself. Now, this was a time when Elijah had gone to Ahab, who was at that point the wicked ruler uh, over Israel. And he had told him what the Lord had said, that there was going to be a, a, a period of time with no rain. Uh, and the Lord, he cared personally uh, about Elijah. He cared about his safety. He cared, he cared about his well-being. He, care, he cared uh, enough for Elijah to, uh, to remove him, to get him out of there, to, uh, to, to let him know that he was going to be taken care of. Don't we all, can't we all agree this morning uh, that we've got uh, family that we love, that loves us, uh, that we've got health enough to be here? And I'd like to say also, we've got Walridge Baptist Church right here. Uh, we've got a group of, of believers, Bible-believing, born-again Christians. Most of us uh, are. If you're a church member, I certainly hope you are. Uh, we've got plenty of us here that love the Lord, a great place to come and to worship. 
We've got the personal provision God's given us, but second, we've got a material provision that God's given us. Look at verse 15 again. It says, She went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, provided the material things that Elijah needed for sustenance in his life. I know that there's been times uh, in my own life uh, where, where it's felt like uh, there's just not enough. Or how are we going to make ends meet? I remember when uh, my wife and I, Rachel, first got married, uh, we, we joined a church. Uh, we began attending faithfully, and we began tithing faithfully. Uh, and as we tithed and made that decision in our life that we were going to uh, tithe some of the income that we made back to the church, uh, we decided that it was going to be a no-matter-what type situation. That regardless of how much money was coming in, whether it be a lot or whether be very little, we were still going to tithe and give to the Lord uh, what he deserves. He deserves it all, but, but we wanted to give him just what little bit we could give. And there was times that uh, ends would not meet and the bills, it seemed like, were not going to be paid. And can I say there were many, there was a, uh, one time specifically that we prayed and said, God, I don't know how we're going to meet this bill. I don't know how we're going to be able to, to make ends meet right here. And, and that morning, Rachel called me, and she said, I walked out to the mailbox this morning, and I opened it, and we got a check back from our insurance for being such, such good customers. We're going to be able to meet, uh, meet our bill. Um, now, that may seem like a simple thing. It, may, it certainly seems like a simple thing to people that don't have any financial troubles. Uh, but for us, being a young, married, Christian couple, uh, couple uh, with our faith completely dependent on what the Lord can do in our life, uh, it strengthened us. We saw that there's an almighty God that cares even about our bills, even about the small things in our life, being able to provide not just personally our ability to be healthy and strong and go to a good church and have family that loves us, but also He loves us enough to help us uh, to have ends meet, to, to work those things out in our life. So... We ought to be thankful for our personal provision, our material provision, but I'll say thirdly, spiritual provision. Read with me just a few more verses. Look at uh, verse number uh, 17 there. The Bible says, And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into the loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself uh, upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came in to him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down to the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. We ought to be thankful for the personal uh, things, the material things, but for the spiritual things that God provides. Like I said, I was saved when I was 13 years old, and I didn't know much more at that, uh, at that age other than I needed a Savior. I was lost, I was undone, I was bound for hell, and I needed to call out upon the name of Jesus Christ to save my soul from eternity. But let me say, uh, since then, in the last 14 years, uh, I've gotten into this book. I've had good men of God that's led me and showed me in this book. I've been able 
able to see that God uh, doesn't just give me the things of this world, which I'm thankful for, but he gives me the eternal things, the spiritual things, the things that are everlasting. He, he gives me a reason to uh, be excited and to get on fire for him and to see, uh, to see what's really uh, available uh, for the Lord to perform different miracles and do different things in our life. Think about how many people that we ask for prayer on Wednesday nights when we gather in circles that are lost family members. The Lord, He's aware of those things that we take before Him. He's aware of those uh, different individuals' spiritual needs. And I believe as we continue to pray, we'll continue to see more souls saved. I say if we don't uh, believe that as a church together, we won't see souls saved. But if we believe together that the Lord will save souls, we'll see souls saved. And we'll see that the spiritual provision is met for each of those people. Uh, We'll see that for each of us that are willing to see God do a work in our life, that God is willing to do that work in our life. So we have a reason to be thankful for the provision in our life. But secondly, I'll say, we have a reason to be thankful for the protection that we have in our life. Turn with me to Daniel chapter number 6. The book of Daniel, the sixth chapter, we have a very familiar text, uh, what's often titled as Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, And we know this man, Daniel, uh, he was a, a godly man. He loved the Lord. His life was completely holy, uh, devoted uh, to God and God's will for his life. He loved God and God loved him. And we have here a time in Daniel's life of difficulty, of fear that he was experiencing. But God, again, right there with him, loved him enough to take care of him through this. Now read just a handful of verses with me. Verse 16, the Bible says, Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the uh, den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of the Lord's, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to the palace and passed the night fasting. Uh, neither were there instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in, or, uh, went in early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a uh, lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, "O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually?" able to deliver thee from the lions. Then said Daniel unto the king. Wouldn't you say that that was something that was exciting for the king? Then said Daniel to the king. Not then there was silence. But then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. We ought to be thankful for the things that God's provided for us, but we ought to be thankful for the prote- uh, the protection that God has provided for us. Uh, now, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm 27 years old. I'm not a tall man. I'm about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, I weigh 205 pounds. They would tell you, I guess, according to the medical charts, that's obese. Y'all make your own decision. Uh, there's, there's a handful of things that I guess you could say frighten me, but there's not a lot of things uh, that, that just terrify me. Uh, but I will say that there are some things um, that strike uh, the, the deepest and darkest fear uh, within my heart, and those are pertaining to the spiritual things. Uh, we have to be thankful, first and foremost, that the Lord, He protects us from Satan himself. Now, I'm going to flip over here. Y'all are welcome to do it. I stuck paper clips, so I can go kind of fast. Uh, but in the book of First uh, Peter, 
chapter number 5, verse 8, we're familiar with the verse, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Let me say this morning that Satan is out, and he's seeking, and he's looking for the, for the weak link. He's looking for the weak spot in your life. He's looking for the sin you're most susceptible to. He's looking for the ultimate purpose of taking away glory from Jesus Christ. Now, that may be through destroying your marriage. It may be through destroying uh, your relationship with your children. It may be through uh, you destroying your uh, job opportunities. But Satan is always walking around seeing what he can do to destroy the lives of God's people. Now, I don't know about you, But I'm thankful that I have a God that loves me enough to warn me with his word of Satan's work and stand by me at all times to protect me and to be right there with me through all things. They're protecting me uh, from Satan at all times. But I'll say this, not just with Satan, but from the world. Now, if you look back in Romans chapter number eight, look at chapter eight, verse number thirty five. The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The book of Romans tells us right here that there's nothing in this world that will separate us from God's love. God protects us from Satan, but he separates us from all the things of the world as well. You know, being a Christian, those of you that are a little older age, you know, if you've lived for the Lord for any times, living for God is not an easy thing. Now, it's a simple thing if you understand what it requires, but it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, Take, for instance, this morning. It was about 25 degrees when I woke up this morning. It was cold to get outside, and I have to admit, uh, the covers were awfully warm this morning. Uh, but I had something that I had to do this morning. I, not, not just preaching, not just leading the singing or being here, but just I, I'm a child of God. I needed to be in God's house this morning. I needed to be here. Uh, e- even, if, uh, even if everybody else may say, well... You know, I, I don't see much reason to go to church. I can worship at home or I can do this or that. Uh, the Bible says that we ought not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We ought to be in God's house. We ought to be together. There's too much in this world that can harm us and that can hurt us. You know, uh, as I've lived for the Lord, I have found uh, that the vast majority of people in this world, uh, and I say this in a, in a light manner because we all know this, uh, does not, they do not live for God. They do not love the Lord. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with somebody, and we'll talk. I had one not long ago with a fellow, and we got to talking about duck hunting. And I told him how much I love duck hunting and how I get so excited for it uh, and, and how it's just something that I love doing. It's an opportunity to experience the American heritage and to go out and, and pass it from father to son and blah, blah, blah. Went on and on and on. He, oh, yeah, right there with it. And he went on and talked about it. And then he started talking about a trip that he made down to Georgia and how they were all drinking and this and that. And, and I, I quickly saw the way the, that the conversation was going. So uh, within a few minutes, I made sure to mention, oh, hey, uh, I'm a member of Walridge Baptist Church. I, I work with the youth down there. I'm a Christian man. Uh, I don't drink or anything like that. And he quickly said, well, I'm a church member, too. Uh, uh, I go to this church. And, uh, you know, I, and, and it made me think again, you know, how this is not the first time that I hear this.
this. Such a reoccurring theme of people of the world that know the Lord Jesus Christ, but they live no life that represents what this Bible says a Christian lives. Let me say this morning that the Lord, as a true child of God, protects us from all these things of the world. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ, I encourage you to receive Him as your Savior because you'll know no other guidance, no other peace, no other happiness, and no other joy than a life that's lived for the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're protected from Satan, we're protected from the world, but let me also say this, the Lord, He helps protect us from ourselves. Uh, I must admit, uh, I hate Satan and I hate the things that he uh, oftentimes does uh, in the lives of the believers, but I hate uh, the things that I oftentimes let into my own life. Sometimes there's nobody else to blame but me. Uh, that's the nature of my flesh. Uh, look with me over in Romans chapter number 7, verse 15, where you can listen. The Bible says, For that which I do, uh, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who shall deliver us? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The ongoing battle, we're so familiar with this passage of the fight between the spiritual man and the fleshly man. The desires of the flesh as opposed to the, the desires of the spirit uh, within us. But what does the Bible say in the 25th verse? Who is the one that delivers us from, who is the one that protects us from ourselves? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our relationship with God. So we, we ought to be thankful for the things that God provides for us in our life. We ought to be thankful for the protection that God provides for us in our life. But let me say, thirdly, we ought to be thankful for the promise that the Lord's given us in our life. Turn with me over to Joshua chapter number 2. This is uh, one of my personal favorites in the Old Testament, uh, the story of Rahab, uh, because of the great promise uh, that was given to Rahab. Uh, read along with me. It's starting with verse number 8. The Bible says, and before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. Now, let me go ahead and throw this out there. Uh, th this was when uh, the, uh, the, the people of God, the children of God, they had been uh, traveling for a period of time, and they were about to enter into the land that God had promised them. They had sent some spies into the city uh, to, to seek out the city, to see what things that they might need to encounter and prepare for. And while they were there, they encountered this woman, Rahab, who was a harlot. And so she hid them, and that's where we're found at verse number 8. It says, Before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. 
For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the, unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now I therefore pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours. If ye other not this, uh, this our business, and it shall be unto us the Lamb that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall and dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterwards may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be thee that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the streets, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be upon our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath, which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. Now, again, the promise that's given. I know that's a lot of verses. I know we've gone through a lot of verses. But I want us to, to firmly understand, God, he promised the provision, he promised the protection. But there's a great promise that's been given to Rahab here. A great promise. Look with me at verse number 9 again. It said, your terror is fallen upon us. And then she makes him swear in verse 13 to save alive the father and the mother. Can I say, first of all, the Lord has promised us that as children of, of God, as, as believers on the Lord Jesus Christ, that we are safe from the wrath of God. We, hey, there's, there's coming a day, uh, there's coming a day uh, when, when this world is going to burn up, uh, when, the, when the people that have uh, served this world and the things of this world will finally make the, meet their end. Uh, and and uh, our end, if we we're uh, Bible-believing, born-again Christians, we know that we'll stand before the Lord perfect and blameless through the blood of Jesus Christ, uh, completely and totally spotless with no worries or no concerns. Why? Because of the, uh, because of the uh, crucifixion, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on Calvary, what he did for us. What great a promise to know that there's nothing that will ever harm me. I'll never uh, smell the smoke of hell, feel the heat of hell. I'll never see hell. I'll never know of hell. Because I'll never be in hell. Because the Lord has saved me from hell when I was 13 years old. But not just that promise. He also promised a new life. Rahab was a harlot. Let me say this. Rahab uh, was saved. She, she, she believed uh, in this verse here. Uh, let's see. Verse number... 11, I believe it is, uh, that, that she had acknowledged that the Lord, he was the Lord, their God. 
She acknowledged that he was the Lord of heaven and the Lord of the earth, the God above and the God beneath. He acknowledged, she acknowledged that the things that had happened were not just happenstance. It wasn't just a tough army, uh, but this were the things that only God himself could do in the lives of his people. She believed uh, that these were the people of life was given to her as she became a Christian person. But let me say this lastly. She was promised eternal life. Look with me again in verse number 21. The Bible says, She said, According unto your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound a scarlet line in the window. This was, this was the uh, saving factor for Rahab. It was the scarlet line, the scarlet cord that hung out of the window. Now, when these people, when, when God's people had entered into the city to take it over and to destroy, they made the promise, if you'll have the scarlet line hanging out a window, we won't go into that house. We won't go in and harm those people. If your family's in there, we're not going to touch a hair on the head of any of them. But if they go out, then we quit, we quit our oath. Uh, they said that if you're in there, you're safe. But if you're out... You're exposed to the elements. You're, uh, you're not safe from, from the wrath of things that may happen. Can I say that the promise has been made to us? The scarlet thread is a representation of the blood of Jesus Christ. When Christ died on Calvary, uh, we know that he was pierced in the side, that his blood ran, that the crown of thorns was put on his head, and that the blood poured off. The Bible says that uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It is only by the bloodshed of our Lord Jesus Christ giving his life on Calvary that we can have eternal life. Now, hey, I'm thankful for all the other things that we've mentioned, but that's what I'm most thankful for. I'm thankful that one day, uh, Lord willing, if he tarries, uh, that I can t live a good long life, uh, that I can have more children, uh, that I can uh, enjoy the, the things that are decent, that are, are this world that the Lord will bless us with. And as I take my last breath and as my heart beats its last beat, that I can close my eyes in peace, knowing that I'm going to enter into uh, the glory of God, into the presence of my Lord Jesus Christ forever and always and for all of eternity. What greater promise is there? There's not. So we'll close with this. What's the purpose of this? The purpose of this Thanksgiving. One is to acknowledge uh, that these things are from God. You know what? We get so focused on other things. We get so focused on, uh, on the things of this world and, and, and take our mind off of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God is up there. Jesus Christ is up there, but he's not number one. Shouldn't this time of year especially be a time that we think back on all that God's given us and place him back where he belongs as number one? Remind ourselves again uh, and ask the Lord, God, forgive me if I've, if I've removed you from uh, the first priority in my life, but replace him there again. And also to be drawn closer to God. The Bible says that if we draw nigh to God, that he'll draw nigh to us. That every step that I take towards God, he takes a step towards me. Hey, I tell you, the older I get and the more excited I get about the Lord, I just want to run towards him, so he'll just run towards me. There's something to get excited about, something to be thankful for.